0: Okay, we're in Galatians chapter 5, and most people, when you say Galatians chapter 5, the first thing you we'll want to do is fruit of the Spirit. Because I know Lisa went over the fruit of the Spirit in their Sunday school class. Many of them learned and, by, and memorized, and we just never had them say it out here, unless they want to this morning, just kidding. Um, uh, verse number 22, with the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law, 22 and 23. And that's where the first thing that comes to our mind of Galatians chapter 5. Earlier in the week, I was dealing with something personally in my spiritual life and um, then was directed here to verse number 24. Um, And they that are Christ, and I've highlighted the word, have. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts and, and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. And for sake of context, at the begin at the end of chapter number four, there is an allegory, and it actually says the word allegory in verse number twenty four. Uh, he's talking about the allegory. Uh, Paul writing to again the church at Galatia, and the allegory between Abraham's. Fleshly son Ishmael, and Abraham's spiritual son, uh, the son of promise. The Bible tells us here in Galatians chapter number four, he was uh, Isaac was the son of promise, and how that <coughs> Ishmael was, and, and in the allegory, Ishmael was one under the law, and and just like the two covenants, one was in one covenant, the covenant of the law, and then the other one was born of a bondwoman, Hagar. And the other one was born of a free woman, Sarah, the son of promise. And when Paul here writing to the Galatians, and of course in the context of the book of Galatians, one of the biggest themes in Galatians was the fact, and this is apparently toward the end of Paul's life because of what he writes in the next chapter, but uh, one of the things that he deals with here is those that that, that were apparently infiltrating the Galatian church, causing them to come under the bondage of the law in the physical circumcision of the Jewish people here at Galatia. And potentially, not just the Jewish people, potentially the, 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 um, the Gentile people at Galatia. And he see, we see that as he explains the, the, this allegory in, verse, in chapter number 5, the first several verses, but apparently there was some individual and or individuals that was causing this um, planting of this this doctrine into the church. Because we see in verse number 7, ye did run well, and then I've highlighted who. Who did hinder thee? We see in verse number 10, I have confidence in you, talking to the church of Galatia, this is a letter to them, I have confidence in you through the Lord, that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you, there's a he singular, that troubleth you shall bear his singular person, a judgment whosoever he be. So we see the he and the his and the he and uh, whosoever there's some, there was somebody that, that come in and was planting this doctrine and stumbling block really among the gentile believers. And we also see in verse 11 and 12 but and I brethren I if I yet preach circumcision why why do yet I suffer persecution then is the offence of the cross ceased. I would they so now we're plural <coughs> I would they were even cut off which trouble you. So Paul saying, "I wish they would just cut off the ones that's bringing this stuff in." So now we're in the plural, but some individual and individual or individuals has gotten into and brought this in. And I said all that to put us into the context of the scripture in the fact of what the, this is being, what was being dealt with here by Paul to the Church of Galatia, and and the fact that. Um, that he is explaining the ca- this allegory at the end of chapter number 4 at the beginning of chapter 5. And he talks about, again, the son of promise and the son of, uh, the, son of the flesh, if you will, Ishmael. And how that, the Ishmael, they were under bondage, under the law, but the son of promise was a different covenant. He was free, had liberty. And he speaks of liberty, but he also speaks of the liberty uh, that in verse number 1 of uh, chapter 5. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Talking about the law. He's dealing with the law and those that's trying to put the law in grace. Law in the gospel. And we see again the word liberty uh, there in uh, verse number 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And so uh, there have been churches that have taken our liberties in the gospel, our liberties in the new covenant, and they have taken those liberties a bit too far. They have taken those liberties for an occasion to the flesh. Uh I've seen, uh, I can't remember who even posted it, but it was a little video of a woman. And I get where she's coming from. But at the same time, I know what my Bible says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as a manner of some is, in these last times. But um, it's this woman, and she was on there, and she's just, you know, doing a video and uh, talking about hunting and hunting season. And she says, I like to hunt. Because my my husband is just like so caught up in hunting in the hunting season that he will go hunting instead of going to church. She says, I was a little frustrated at that. And, of course, when she addressed it to her husband, her husband says, Would you rather me be in church thinking about hunting or out hunting thinking about God? And so... (laughs) So she went on in this video about how that he invited her to go hunting. They got a, he's not a morning person. They got up, and they went out, and just to get there in the dark and to watch. And Brother um, Josh knows this. I keep telling Lisa that the woods are noisy. <laughs> she goes, no, they're not. I said, you sit out there with me. But when it's nice and quiet and still, and then everything just starts waking up, squirrels start moving around, birds start flying. You start hearing things in the woods that you don't normally hear out when you're not in the middle of the woods. Some of the birds, squirrels sound like elephants running through the woods. And you might see a deer, but they're quieter than the squirrels. And just how everything wakes up. The sun comes up, and it is a very... Enlightening and spiritual experience that you can have because you've you've come away from it all. And actually, I did see something along, another along those lines this week about coming away from it all. Just setting everything aside and 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 whatever. But the problem with that is you can, even though you have liberty to go hunt and liberty to do some of these things, you can like Paul warned against here in Galatians 5, about taking that liberty for an occasion to the flesh. We can say, well, I'm free to do. And yes, you are free to do. Uh, and there are some liberty. We're not under the law anymore. We're talking about spiritual matters here. And people, just like the, that one husband said, would you rather me be in church thinking about hunting? No, I'd rather be in church thinking about God. But anyway... <laughs> As, or be in the woods thinking about God, and, but the, again, it goes back again to taking the liberty too far, um, and I believe that because after he says that and he deals with the liberties and not have taking those liberties as an occasion to the flesh, he deals with the flesh here in beginning in chapter numbers, or verse number sixteen. And this is where we're going to get to, so it'll go quickly. We actually probably out before twelve. What? Don't tell. Don't tell the rest of the congregation. I can preach, and be out before twelve, since they're normally used to being out at twelve thirty. Anyway, just kidding. So anyway, so. But as I was going down through here, and again thinking in my my own personal about the crucif having crucified the flesh with the affections and lust, but then ever I was looking at this, I felt that this was where God wanted me to to come this morning and to look into, and as I was looking into and reading it and reading it and reading it, trying to get, again, the context of it all, which I have given you already this morning, then we come down to 16. And one of the reasons, you know, it says we have crucified the flesh. There is a fruit of the Spirit. But then I was noticing that there are some other things about the Spirit, and that's where we're going to look at. So I have, as far as the title, Brother Josh goes, Galatians five. I've got Galatians five, and that's where I stopped. But then I thought no, and then I put in the Spirit, and then I was telling Brother Hall what I was going to where I was going to be at today, and um, basically, the new title is led by the Spirit, and so we see some things about being led by the Spirit that I want to point out here today. So, verse number 16 starts off with the word walk. All right. This I say then. All right. Because he, again, deals with giving the occasion to the flesh. Verse number 14. For for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed, that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then. Walk in the Spirit. Paul's right there. The Spirit is the answer. Our relationship and our walk in the Spirit is the answer. We see, we see this throughout the rest of the chapter. Um, obviously, some division had come into. Don't bite and devour one another. You will be consumed of one another. Love one another. And um, we dealt with the love there in verse number. 14, I've underlined there, and I've underlined affections, and I know we've dealt with that in the past, affections there in verse number 24. We see love again in verse number 22, but this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Ye shall not fulfill. And it says there in verse number 24 that they that are Christ have, past tense, crucified the flesh with, the affections, and lust. But they still, they still rise up. We know that they still rise up. And, but there again, the, the Spirit and being led by the Spirit is the answer. This I say, Then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. And we understand and know and have read many times in Romans that this was a fight in Paul's life. So um, Paul, again, because of the way we read it here at the end of Galatians, he says, don't, how did he put it? In Galatians chapter 6, uh, at the at the salutation, he says... Um, Verse number seventeen: from, from henceforth, let no man trouble me. <laughs> Basically, you know, I'm old. You know, I mean, you should know better. Don't trouble me no more. Uh, best, best, probably especially about this this subject. Uh, so, so he's so based on that, you know, he's kind of old older. In fact, according to so this, this is uh, according to Usher's chronology. This was written two years before um, Romans, the letter to the Romans, if, you, if we go by that. But everybody understands and knows, and he deals with it in Romans too. that Paul had this struggle in his body too. And we read it in verse number 15 of Romans 7, For that which I do I allow not, for what I would that I do not, but what I hate that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I can send unto the law that it is that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. And I've underlined that. We talked about the will last week uh, so, the, for, the, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, I do that I would not. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I, seeing another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am! Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... With the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So he gives us the answer when we have these struggles with the flesh, when we have these struggles with the lust and with the affections of the flesh, is to walk after the Spirit. We find the answer in the fact that we find deliverance. Who shall deliver me? He says, through Jesus Christ. All right? So we see that in, in, in Romans back here in Galatians here then. We see the word walk. This I say thee, walk in the Spirit. We also seen it there in Romans. Walk in the Spirit. In the Scripture, the word, definition for walk. We say, well, I know what the definition of walk is. It's put one foot in front of the other. No. Well, that's one way. That's one definition. In Scripture, to live and act or behave, to pursue, to pus- pursue, bleh, to pursue, there we go, a particular course of life. All right? So to walk with God, to live in obedience to His commands, and have communion with Him. And in Genesis chapter number five, we read of Enoch. Genesis five, and so this genealogy. Of the spiritual seed um, from Adam all the way up to Noah, and then in this, in Enoch, verse number twenty one, and Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters. Now that one. That word walk is exactly that. to live with God, to live in obedience, I'm sorry, to walk with God to live in obedience to His command and have communion with Him. So he walked with God. It says 300, and, uh, uh, 300 years uh, after he begat Methuselah. So he lived 60 and five years, begat Methuselah, continued to walk, He walked with God and after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Methuselah were 365 years. And, I'm sorry, and Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch, here it is again, walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So Enoch walked with God so closely, and he was in, in such communion with him that just in his walk, he just, God took him, and he was not anymore. He didn't die he just walked on to heaven with God one day. So to walk with God, to live in obedience to his commands and have communion with him as we see in Enoch's life. To walk in the light, to live in the practice of religion and to enjoy its constellations. So again, to live and act and behave to pursue a particular course of life is the definition. Here are some examples. To walk by faith to live in firm belief of the gospel and its promises to rely on Christ for salvation to walk after the flesh to indulge sensual appetites and live in sin Romans 8 we don't walk we're not to walk after the flesh but we're to walk after the spirit again a fall pursuing a particular course of life we've got a decision it goes back to our will <laughs> all right and and the way that it reads there in verse number 16 I knew there. This I say unto you, Paul writing this in the letter to the the Galatians, this I say then, walk. So there is something that we have to make a conscious decision to do. We have to exercise our will to do. When Paul says, this I say unto thee, walk, that means we can say, no, Paul, I'm not going to. Or we can say, okay, I will. But there it goes, it goes back to our will. We have to willingly walk. We have to willingly pursue, that's the definition that we looked at here in the scriptures, pursue this course of our life. To walk in the spirit. And not and and ye shall not and ye shall not, if you walk in the spirit, ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So it is something that we have to. Willingly consider and willingly put to practice, and that is to walk after the Spirit. So let's see here: uh, to walk in the flesh, to give this natural life, which is subject to infirmities and calamities, Second Corinthians ten, and then here is to walk in in the act to walk after the Spirit, to be guided by the counsels and influences of the Spirit and by the Word of God, and to live a life of holy deportment. There's where we're trying to get to here in Galatians. That definition of to pursue a particular course of life, to walk after the Spirit, to be guided by the counsels and influences of the Spirit, and by the Word of God, and to live a life of holy deportment. To walk. So being led by the Spirit, we're walking, we're pursuing what He wants of us in our lives. To walk. And then we see... The word led, keep on reading. We read 17, let's read it again. For the flesh, flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the spirit, ye are not under the law. Tyler, can I borrow you? So I was thinking about different people in here, but I I thought about can I hold your hand? All right, so other hand. Let me do this. You're gonna walk with me, okay? So see I can I am he's walking with me, but he is going where I happen to go. I am leading him, all right? And if if I am the Spirit and he and he is the one being led by the Spirit, he is he is yielding himself to my direction. And there's, so in it, we're walking, but again, he's yielding to my directions. We're going to go around this bench, and then we're going to be, let you sit back down. So I, he's following along, and, he, and of course, my, my, my arm, moving his arm, he is conscious, thank you, and you sit back down, he's conscious to my guiding and my, my leading. And that's exactly how we should be in our walk. And it even gets closer than that, (laughs) Um, is to be led. Led is the past participle of lead, okay? So we see the word lead, led, to guide by the hand as to lead a child, which I just demonstrated. It often includes a sense of drawing as well as directing. So to have a consciousness about us in our lives to Again, and we, we, we just labor this, seems like, all the time here. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it right one of these days and God will give me something else. But a consciousness of yielding our will to and being sensitive enough to being led. You've seen it. Now, I've seen even Tyler not wanting to do something that he was told to do. And others, Millie, a good example, <laughs> You know, told to do something or we, we're going to go this way. No, and pull against. You see it in the grocery stores all the time. And of course, you know, when my seven, when they didn't want to go with me willingly and be willingly led, then I <laughs> picked them up and then I took in charge, all right? <laughs> Grab them by. by By their shoulder and grab them by their belt, and here we go. Okay, so I then, you know, but it wasn't willing. It shouldn't. We shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't go kicking and screaming at the spirits leading us. No, I don't want to. Like, like Jonah basically did, and that's one of the things that keeps me in check because I'm thinking I really don't want to go to the bottom of the sea in a whale's belly or something along those lines for God to get my attention. And I think of those examples in the Word of God, I'm thinking, yeah, Lord, keep me straight. Help me to be yielded to your direction and not kick against the bricks, not be unwilling for you to work in my life, but to be directed and guided by your hand. Then another definition here is to guide or or conduct by showing the way to direct as the Israelites were led by the pillar of a cloud. So we have the Spirit of God through the Word of God showing us the way to go, giving us mapping out, that's, uh, that's leading us to conduct to any place where he, he leadeth me beside still waters. He leads us, okay. So he, and then what I'm trying to get to, to, to guide, to show the method of attaining an object, self-examination may lead us to a knowledge of ourselves. So another lead is to guide to draw, to entice, and to allure. And here is one that I was thinking of Josh and Jennifer to, uh, <laughs> this morning, and I was going to have them stand up. But, uh, but I think I can explain it, and they'll understand what I know, and some of you will all understand what I know. Uh, and if Lisa was here, I'd just use hers as an example. But uh, I've seen it in Josh and Jennifer. That's why I mentioned it, to draw, to entice, and to, to allure. The love of pleasure leads men into vices which degrade and impoverish them. So, but to draw, to entice, to allure. You know, there is a walk that we see in couples, young couples. I've seen it in them. That's why I said that. When you get an opportunity to hold hands away from the kids. And you've seen it. You're walking along. Hopefully, I can do some of this here pretty soon. I'm planning. To give Lisa a little, a little staycation, if I, if it works out, I've seen it in Chris and Marquis as well, young couples. I try to practice it as much as possible, but you see it a whole lot in young couples. Is they'll be walking along, and they're just walking alongside each other. I have a tendency, and I, it drives me nuts. I don't know. I, I'm I'm working at it in my life because we'll be walking somewhere with Lisa, and and I just have a go get. I mean. I walk with purpose. I just want to get there, get get what I'm getting and get out. But then, I, oftentimes she's about four steps behind me and I have to consciously make a make a decision to slow down so that she will get up here with me. But when I do slow down and she's with me as we're walking along, you know, there's there's just them little quick, you know, just almost unco- you know just unconsciously happens. You know, you're walking along and you brush each other's hand and then you'll grab each other's hand for a minute, not purpose. I mean, sometimes I purposely put my hand out, but sometimes it's just a brush of the hand that causes you to grab her hand. And you're just walking along. And then you'll let go and look at something and you're just walking along and there's a fellowship there. There's an allurement there. There is a love there. There is a closeness there. And then, you know, as you look at something and you laugh or whatever, you go, you go to any vacation place, go to, you know, some of these, uh, go to, well, any of these little shops and things or whatever, and, oh look at that, whatever. And then, so, you've been holding hands and you let go to look at something and you're walking along and you're fellowshipping. Next thing you know, she grabs your arm, you know, and then you're, you're kind of fellowshipping in that, that closeness there. She grabs your arm, you and then again you maybe turn to look at something. She lets go or whatever, and then there's sometimes that just 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 a closeness, just a a brushing up of the arm. But there is a, a a desire to be close, a desire to commune, and a certain love. Now, if the man is doing the guiding, <laughs> you know, you want to go in here? Yeah, let's go in there. Then, <laughs> then she's just along. It's newlyweds, especially. You know, long for the, I mean, just just it's just something about it. That relationship, that closeness. And and, and I was thinking about that in young couples, which I've seen in the young couples in the church, and I try to, even as an old couple, I try to experience it. But I have to I have to think about it now because life is taking over. And I just I have to make a conscious slow down, Douglas. You're you're empty nesters now, all right? And again, I just have a tendency to... And then I'll, I'll be halfway across the parking lot, and I'm looking, and she's four steps behind. Slow down. Okay, she's up. Finally caught up, and i got to slow down. Because I have a desire for her fellowship to be close to me, but I have a tendency to run off. And uh, i got to slow down. But to walk in that, that mindset, so if we're if if the spirit is leading us it's not just grabbing our hand and us being yielded to him as a child but if the spirit is leading us if i'm the 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 man in a newly wedded couple and we're just enjoying the honeymoon place the side of the honeymoon whether it's the beach or the mountains or wherever you went uh you know hey what is, what shall we go do here uh, yeah I, I'm long for the ride. I I seen my daughter right then. (laughs) My daughter Elizabeth and Jake, my first son-in-law Jake. I got two son-in-laws named Jake. Jake number one. Um, So she totally lost her mind after he kissed her for the first time. I mean, so I'm trying to give instruction and she's not leant. Her her affections was now drawn to Jacob for some crazy reason. (laughs) I gave her away to him, he kissed her, that ended it. They went back to change, and she come out, and she's just like, nah, 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 just walking, I you know, joke around, you know, just like, where he leads, I will follow. And that's where it should be, where he leads, I will follow. There should be a love and an allurement of the Spirit, a love and the allurement of God drawing you. And that's a walk that you don't necessarily physically grab his hand, But you're following along because of the affection for the spirit. Where he leads, I will follow. We should have sung that song. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be led by a child. It could be that couple where he leads, I'll follow. You go read Song of Solomon. I mean, it's chock full of that kind of stuff. Where... You know, my beloved comes from out of the wilderness. Woo! I mean, and it, there's just an affection there. And that just... It's, it, and, and where he leads, I'm going to follow. And you see that in, again, in, Psalm, in the Song of Solomon. So there is to draw, to entice, to allure. That's a, a lead, to be led that way. So it's not necessarily a physical grab a hold of and guide that way, but just an allurement that causes you to follow. And then, I got down to here, we see the um, negative side of this. To pass, to spend, that is to draw out. So, well, actually there's a positive and negative. Here's the positive. 1 Timothy 2, 2, for kings and for all that are in authority. We're talking about praying for in verse number 1 there. For kings and for all all that are in authority, that we may lead... A quiet and peaceable life in all godliness godliness and honesty. So to draw out, so that's drawing out. Pray for them, so that we may be led in a godly way, and in all godliness and honesty. Here's the here's the negative side: to lead astray, to guide in a wrong way or in error, to seduce from truth or rectitude. So Second Timothy three, six and seven. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins and led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, so there's the negative there. But the two parts I want to be led, so walk in the Spirit, you know, again, to pursue a particular course of life, to actively pursue that. Secondly, to be led by the Spirit, as we read there, and but if ye be led by, of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. So if you're led by the Spirit, it could be the childlike leading. All right, you know where the dangers are, Lord. I'm just going to hold your hand and let you guide me in my life. As we walk, I'm going to let you lead. And again, I've got to yield myself. In the act of walking, I could just resist or I could walk along and let him lead as a child, or I could just be so in love with Jesus that where he, where he leads, I'm going to follow because I have a desire to be with him. I desire to know him more. I have a desire to experience his love. And I don't have to have him grab my hand. I am, he is leading me through affection. He is leading me through that allurement of affection. And then we see the fruit of the Spirit. Again, led by the Spirit. So we see our walk, his leading, and then the fruit that he gives us here. So keep on reading. Let's just go ahead. And I've got 18 listed here because the 18 works of the flesh, and it has to be the and such like is number 18. But here's their 18. This kind of lets you know that there's double the amount, double the flesh than there is of the Spirit. So how strong the flesh is when we we fight against, when it wrestles against the Spirit. Let's put it that way. Now the works of the flesh are manifest in these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. So including and such like, there's 18. I'm not going to labor all of them. I'm not going to labor any of them. They're there. The works, the, the, the works of the flesh and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, and again we talking about walking in the Spirit, verse 16, being led of the Spirit, verse 18, and then obtaining the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, against uh, temperance, against such there is no law. So fruit. And again, going back to the Webster's 1828 definition, fruit is the production that which is produced. So that which is produced within us. So we are walking in the Spirit, led of the Spirit, and the Spirit will produce these things in us. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk, there it is again, walk as children of light. And then verse number 9 is a parenthetical statement. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, or sin proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So he gives us these things, the fruit of the Spirit. These things will come out in you. So we see the walk in the Spirit, being led of the Spirit, and then if we're his, because they that are Christ have... Crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And the Spirit will give us these things. Our, our lives will manifest, will produce these things. Love, again, I'm not laboring them, be laboring them. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. So, verse number 10, I'm sorry, 23, against such there is no law, the fruit of the Spirit, but then the works of the flesh, Uh, they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So you have the negative, then the positive, and again pointing out that including the fact of, um, if we want to include and such like, there's 18 of the flesh and 9 of the spirit, and how the flesh is a very strong adversary. It's very strong. And I'm not saying that we should yield to the flesh. No, we shouldn't. We should turn back and like Paul you know, said and wrestled with himself and wrestled within himself. We read it there, O wretched man that I am. That's where we feel so many times, so so much. When we fail, (coughs) when we fall, when we give in to the flesh, Uh, we feel like Paul in verse number 24, O wretched man that I am. And we ask, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then he answers himself, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, so then with the mind I serve the law of the God, but with the flesh the law of, of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. No condemnation, and you will see fruit in your life. You won't see all of them all the time. As I was going back through here and I was thinking about lots of things, again, I had to preach to myself, in in what I was dealing with this week through that scripture, you know, and I'm asking myself the question because I know that in Matthew 5 and Luke 6, talking about the Beatitudes, whenever they, you know, all the things that he deals with, adultery, he deals with all that stuff, marriage. But we get down to the place where, you know, that if you are smited on the cheek, to offer up the other cheek as well. If you're taken to court and they take your coat, then give them your cloak also. And there's some hard, <laughs> there's some hard living, you know, in the Beatitudes. I mean, and, uh, you know, to have Josh here smack me on the face, my instant reaction would be to smack him back. But that ain't what God says to <laughs> do. God says to let this fruit of the Spirit work in my life, love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance to turn him and give him other cheek say so go ahead and smack that one too what that don't make no sense no walking in the spirit sometimes don't make any sense walking in the in the in the gospel and again loving your enemies what <laughs> giving to you know give them food give them drink do good to them which despisefully use you, that, is, that doesn't make sense to the flesh. No, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And allowing the fruit of the Spirit to work out of us, to be produced in us for people to see, hey, they're a Christian. They, they follow God. Why? How do you know that? Because they love when it would be hard to love. They have a joy about them. Even in times of tra- tragedy and trouble, they, there's just something about them. They, they're not, it's not that they're sad. They're not sad. It's just that even in their sadness, they got a certain joy about them and a peace about them. You know, and I did them wrong, and they still just, they still just love me. I don't understand it. Gentle and goodness, that's hard for men. Gentleness is hard for men. More, some men more than others. To be gentle. That's why the nursing profession. I'm not saying that they don't have any men. But through the years the nursing profession has been primarily populated with women. Why? Because men are not gentle. <laughs> not that they can't be. But they're not as gentle as women. Gentleness. Gentleness that should be fruit of us, or fruit in us. Goodness, faith, meekness. There's another one that's hard. Meek. Christ was meek. Uh, Moses was meek. The Bible tells us that. And, and meekness is not wimpiness. Meekness is just sometimes yielding to other people not having to have your way, not having... And you can be, you can be all these things and still be lead, a leader, men, in your home, a leader out there in society. But the Bible talks about, I was just thinking of another situation here, of those that are naturally the leaders and those that are the followers. And, and you have to have Both. I've been trying to explain that to some of my, my boys. You have to have both. And, but sometimes a servant can be a leader because you're leading by example. And I've often said that I've had both types of leaders in my, in my life. I've had those that says, Okay, men, <clears throat> here's the job we've got to do. Now go out and do it. And I've had others that say, All right, men, here's the job we've got to do. Let's go. Get her done. It's so much easier to follow the one that rolls up his sleeves and gets in there in the trenches with you than it is to follow the one that says, and he just stands back and drinks his coffee and wears his clipboard and... He <laughs> got his pen. I had to clean some nasty out of a washer and dryer where some nursing staff in my last job did not clean out some hipsters. She knows that they're hipsters like they ought to, and they were soiled, and so they was soil all in there. So it was the, it was the nursing that was, that was their task to wash the hipsters in, in the regular washing machine, not the commercial washing machine we had. It was right after I took over as housekeeping supervisor. And the assistant director of nursing, the A-on, was standing in the door, well, I had donned my gloves and got my cleaning solution, and I had already cleaned the washer out, but I was in the process of cleaning the tub in the dryer. She said, do you want, to get, you want me to get my staff to do that? I said, no, ma'am. I said, a couple of things here. <laughs> I said, I've just taken over as the supervisor for housekeeping. I want to let them know that I am not above them and cleaning messes like this so that when I call upon them to clean up messes like this then they have already seen the fact that I have cleaned up messes like this I'm not asking them to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do and she understood that and I said but next time <laughs> I'm also letting your staff know that I'm in here cleaning up something that was well, not my, my job and I said but next time then your staff will do this. And guess what? It never happened again. It never happened again with nursing because they seen me do something that was really on them to do. So I gained respect with them and I gained respect with my housekeepers and I've seen them clean up some terrible stuff that I wasn't involved in but because they had seen me being involved in and then it makes it, makes it easier. So, so you can be a leader and be a servant. You can be a leader and be meek. You can be a leader and be gentle. You just can. I don't know how it all happens, but you can. Because we see Christ in that example. Moses, he was a meek man. We see that others in the examples there. Not necessarily warriors, but meek men. Gentle men. Good men. Loving men. All right, so all that. So this fruit of the Spirit will. Manifest itself. And finally, I, I said it was going to be at noon, but we're going to be out here before 1230. I didn't get you by noon. But then live. So we see we're to be led by the Spirit in our walk and His leading the fruit that will be manifested in us through the Spirit. And then finally, verse 24, or 24 and 25 and 26, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts, and I I think the word have goes back to the fact of that 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 being led, not again like the childlike led, but being led by the by our affections toward the Spirit. When we get the fruit of the Spirit, and the first one there is love, and we understand and allow the Spirit to produce all His fruit within us. Then it makes it easier to have crucified the flesh. It makes it easier. The closer we get to the Spirit, the easier it is to deal with the flesh. It just is. It just is. The closer any of our relationship, we've dealt with the husband and wife relationship in here, and the closer we get to our spousal's love and affection, the easier it is not to look around us for the love and affection that we feel that we may be missing. It's just because we're getting all that we need in our proper relationship. So the same thing with the Spirit of God. As we fall in love with Him, as He produces the fruit in, in us, then it's easier to crucify the flesh and we're with the, with the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So twice here in our text, Paul, writing to the Galatians, tells them to walk. So that's the first and the last. Let's hit live real quick. So live, to abide, to dwell, to have settled residence in any place. So it's not just following along because of the affections. You know, just the arm, just, just the closeness. The arm, the hand, but then to actually just live. So, this is where I want to be. You know, after the honeymoon, (laughs) when the honeymoon is over, you uh, you say, honeymoon's over, you know, are they still in their honeymoon phase? Yeah, because they're still in la la land, they're still in that affection. But then you finally get to the place. After a little while, you realize life happened life is here it's honeymoon is over, but you're having to get into the routines of life. but you have such a good relationship and you build upon that, and it's something that has to be built upon or using this as a as a analogy but then the same thing with the spirit living with the spirit, abiding with him he's in us, but then and we're in Christ, we understand that, but there's still that understanding of abiding, I think. You know, you can, you can live in the same house and not live <laughs> like you ought to be living. You can live, you can dwell in the same building, but life is pretty rough. Or you can live in the same building... And have a wonderful, wonderful relationship, and, and just want to come home. There have been times in Lisa and I's marriage. It's a long story, but I didn't want to go home after work. <laughs> and when you got home, you threw your hat in to see if it come back out. All right, is it safe to enter? It was not a happy place to be. And there's been other times I am ready to get home. All right. More on that than the one little period of time there. But it was a, it's a growing thing. So to live, to abide, to dwell. Or another definition, number six definition, is to continue in life. The way to live long is to be temperate. So to continue, to abide, and then to continue there. To live emphatically, to enjoy life, to be in the state of happiness. Again, that goes back to that alluring affection as he leads us. We want to live there. And then another live is to feed, to subsist. He gives us our subsistence. He supports us in our life, the fruit. And then to subsist as in being maintained in life, to be supported. I couldn't help but to, to think about this in, in the example of Preachers, 1 Corinthians 9 14, even so hath the Lord ordained that they may pre- that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. So to be maintained and supported by the gospel. And Paul taking, you know, Paul writing there in Corinthians about taking care of the preacher. His subsistence comes from the gospel and his servitude to the churches and things like that. But in in application to living in the Spirit, we see that we abide in Him, we continue in Him, we feed, we are fed from Him, and then we are maintained by Him. And if we can ever get that close to the Spirit and ever be totally yielded to Him and allow Him to guide us, even if it's this, but hopefully we get to the place where it's this. Why? Because of our love for him. And the closer we get to him, then the easier it is to deal with the flesh. Is the flesh still going to try to rise up from time to time? Sure But it is. But it'll be easier to recognize when the spirit says, okay, let's just, and it's, 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 I should put it this way. It's, it's uh, well. It'll be easier to recognize this, by the way, when when we are doing wrong or when we're tempted to do wrong, when we're drawn away, because we're that close to the Spirit, and the Spirit, and we are sensitive to the Spirit. As we know, He is sensitive in when we do wrong, because we can grieve and quench. We've dealt with that in the past. So that's the message today. Hopefully you found, I have found some real tremendous help this week through that passage in my life. And hopefully, as the Lord gave me this, it's something that we can build upon in our Christian walk as well. All right? All right.